0: Hi. Oh, this is, it's unbelievable. It's heartbreaking, eh? Well, it's heartbreaking, and I think that's the very um, word you used when we met last time, Shane. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and today on The Detail, I'm back in Titarangi with Councillor Shane Henderson, a year after the Auckland Anniversary Weekend disaster that caused so much mayhem across the city. Why? Why is it still like this?
1: Yeah, so we're on uh, Pataroa Road here, and just looking at devastation, uh, slips still, uh, in many respects, looking exactly like it did a year ago, uh, just after the night of the storm. And look, uh, yeah, as I said, it is really heartbreaking, and and I think personally confronting, certainly confronting for the residents here. Have you not seen that?
0: Have you seen that since, well... In, in I haven't, haven't seen
1: this in a long time. Mm. Yeah, so, so coming down here is, is shocking.
0: We were here a year ago on this winding, hilly road where houses were teetering on the edge of slips. A giant cody had toppled over. And the most dramatic sight? The landslide that took a chunk of road, huge piles, a footpath and a driveway leaving a gaping hole. And it's still here including the signs and barriers that stop people driving through.
1: Yeah, I I can only say that Auckland Transport are doing their very best to get through and fix up all the slips uh, that that are sort of peppered across uh, the Waitakere Ranges and actually the whole city.
0: I bet people would. (laughs) I, I, I would say people living here, that statement just wouldn't be good enough for them.
1: I get that. I get that. Um, and I've been dealing directly with residents here and they formed a really effective lobby group. Uh, it's called the Star Group. the Sticker area residence group. Mm. Um, you can tell that they're at their wit's end and they're desperate for progress. And this is kind of a visual representation that we're looking at right now of maybe the lack of progress in their uh, community that they're desperate to get back uh, on track.
0: This is just one of many neighbourhoods still struggling with the after effects of Friday, January the 27th, when a record 245 millimetres of rain fell in 24 hours.
2: We're live from the Auckland domain where record-breaking torrential rain has
1: formed a lake. The Met Service has confirmed that yesterday was Auckland's wettest day on record. With more record. than
0: 1,500 emergency call-outs, every fire crew in the city responded. Three people are dead and one is missing. A state of emergency is in place for seven days. As catastrophic levels of rain fell, bridges were destroyed. Oh, we we're not going across that bridge. There it goes! Oh, Roads became fast-moving rivers in a matter of minutes.
2: A domestic terminal opened at midday, but the international terminal is not operating. No arrivals or departures before Sunday morning.
1: A waterfall in the driveway, water raging through this Browns Bay house. Nothing could stop it.
0: It became clear from Dominion Road to Eden Park in Coatesville, the CBD, and out south... Auckland, had been plunged underwater.
1: Mayor Wayne Brown also took in the damage from above. He's facing criticism about whether the state of emergency should have been declared hours before.
0: It was just a small part of the whole thing. You've You've got to understand that.
1: However, he says there is one obvious issue.
0: Some of those houses, when, when you think about it, actually shouldn't have been where they are. The disaster still hangs over many Aucklanders. At my place, we're building a trench to try and save our low-lying home from future floods. Across the road, my neighbours are raising their house by a metre. My colleague Tom, on his daily bus ride over the Harbour Bridge, sees houses halfway down the cliff. And my plasterer friend Darren is still doing insurance repair jobs around the city.
1: We were actually doing uh, another water-damaged house yesterday from the floods from January. It's, it's been ongoing and it's been a huge, it's a, it's a big event. I'm not quite sure if people realise how big it is or, or was.
0: Imagine living with this. I'm
2: not supposed to go and eat to either of the two bedrooms because they're joined by a firewall. But where else am I going to go? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be in my bedrooms. But um, I've had independent geotechs come and tell me that I'm safe. I'm not going to slide down this landslide that we're standing in front of here now. The worst that would ever, ever, ever happen is my neighbour will crack off me and they've said that that's not life-threatening.
0: And that's not Alicia Knowles' full story. We'll find out why her case is so much more complicated. But right now on Paturoa Road in Titurangi, I'm staring at that gouged-out hillside with Shane Henderson. Can it be fixed is the first question.
1: Well, I, I believe it can be fixed. I'm not a, a roading engineer, right? Um, but with the amount of money and expertise uh, that needs to come to fix these things, I think we can uh, get through and fix the stuff up, because we have to. We've got a duty to the public. But Is
0: this not a priority?
1: Um, it's absolutely a priority. Um, there, there's been a hell of a process to get through and do uh, a lot of the fixes, as, as you can kind of see. Uh, securing the funding, securing the expertise, in many, um, in many cases there's been a bit of an issue. Shortages of all manner of professionals. All, that, all these kind of barriers that are annoying and horrible for us that have been put in the way. Essentially rebuilding a road into a hillside of the Waitaki Ranges is extremely difficult and expensive. Uh, and it's something that even through maintenance we're confronted with this all the time. So to rebuild it from scratch, that's a really tough gig.
0: I don't know how many houses are actually directly affected. Yeah. P- the people here, that's their driveway yeah. that um, they can't get to because it's... Yeah part of the landslide. Yeah. It might just be a handful of houses but still 12 months to be waiting.
1: Yeah. And and the toll on people is just really stark isn't it? It's been tough for people financially, emotionally um, we need to focus on Obviously repairing their community infrastructure, but also, uh, you know, looking at their categorisations and whether they're a Category 3 and whether they need their homes bought out because it's unsafe. Uh, I've been af- informed by staff that they're looking at completing 90% of those assessments by March. Mm-hmm. So getting to those categorizations quickly so we know which houses need to be bought out and then getting that process done. Uh, we've had some buyouts in places like Moriwai so far, which is good. Yeah. So it's progressing Um, But that might be the answer, is that, look, we do need to fix this road, but we've got to get people safe and that's a priority as well.
0: Titorangi was one of the hardest hit places a year ago. What has been fixed here, do you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been working through the process and a lot of this year has been taken up with designing a plane and trying to fly it at the same time, right? Um, I just, I'm just i reminded of the Christchurch example which took something like nine years to go through a process. We had to go from scratch to figure out how do we respond to the situation and, and all that categorization framework, securing money, all that kind of stuff, that all took months and months of process, dealing with governments, all those things. So um, I think we're at the pointy end of the process now where we're actually rolling all that out. And people should be getting some money in their bank accounts if they're bought out uh, as soon as possible, um, which is exciting. But it's hard for people here because they can't see physically on the ground what has happened, and it's been a year.
0: Of course, it's not just people in Tuturangi struggling to move on. Let's go and
2: have a look at our landslide. Mm. Nearly a year ago to the day. Yes. Rain came.
0: On the North Shore, yeah. solo mum Alicia Knowles' townhouse is tucked down a cul-de-sac overlooking a lush gully of natives.
2: Never in a million years when I was looking at properties did I think I'm buying a vulnerable property.
0: It's not clifftop, it's not oceanfront, it's not leaky... I thought, this is safe. I can live here. Yeah. and So we, we've gone down the outside um,
2: pathway. And we're now looking at my neighbour who I'm joined to. So we're, we're townhouses, effectively, joined through a firewall down the middle.
0: You're and above your neighbour. I am. Mm-hmm. Slightly
2: raised above, but the landslide is directly behind my neighbour's house.
0: And I see on, on the um, door here it says entry
2: prohibited. So she's red-stickered, whereas I'm yellow Okay. a yeah. so red sticker. This is a rental property and um, the, the tenants fled. The night that the, uh, the rain came, they turned up on my doorstep
0: screaming because the noise from the trees. And there's the slip. Jeez. You, I can't see much of it beyond the ferns and things like that, but I can see. The trees used to
2: lap over the balcony. They lapped over the deck. So right. right down there. I mean, I remember when I filled out the insurance forms, they said, is it the size of a car, the size of a, of a container ship? I'm like, yeah, I think this is probably more the size of a container ship than a car. You can see the wonky, the wonky deck that's leaning off. There's no foundations under the bottom corner of the house anymore. Mm-hmm. Hence it was red redsticked and deemed risk to life. Um, the landslide goes, they call it a scarp, the top of the landslide goes right up behind that property closer to my house. But the complicated situation we find ourselves in, which is confusing EQC, confusing the insurance company, confusing everyone, and now the council, is it's cross-lease common share. So I own this land where the land has slid as well, 50-50 right. common share. So it's both of our land. At the moment, it's proving very complicated to try and split um, a settlement, I haven't got anything from EQC but my neighbour has and that's because EQC have a policy whereby they will only deal with one insurance company when it's a cross lease and so they chose to deal with my neighbour's insurance company, not mine. She got deposited the money but I own the land as well. So it's – there's just so – I know, there's so much confusion and complication and
0: it's not just black and white, that's for sure. So, okay, so the the owner – the other owner of this property has money sitting in her bank account mm-hmm. and you think what, that you should, you should get half of that? Is that what you want? Well, in the end, when the likelihood of both of them being
2: Category 3 and part of the government buyout, the likelihood is that the government will end up with that money. Um, but at the moment it's offsetting her mortgage, not mine. So it's, I know, I know that's a tough, bitter pill to swallow where it could be it could be off, helping to offset mine at the same time. But I um, just have to fight that fight and see how, I, how it lands. So a whole year later? It has been a year and I'm no closer to finding out any answers
0: than I was a year ago. Ideally, what would you like to do with this property?
2: There was the slim chance that I thought that they might have been able to cut my neighbour off through the firewall and stabilise the land behind our properties, but we are limited with access. As you can see, we're in the bush. You can't come up from behind the property. It backs onto a reserve, and there's neighbours on either side. So the access is limited. I would love to save my house. It's my home. I thought it would be mine and my son's forever home, and I love living here. So I would love to stay, but at the same time, I'm told that that's a very difficult Um, job (laughs) fixing a landslide is costly and the, the criteria of it being kept in my ownership is that the repairs would need to cost no more than 25% of my CV. So I would need to fix, um, a landslide for under 200 twenty five thousand dollars Oh, well, that's not going to happen. No, landslides, think, no landslides cost over a million dollars to repair, it turns out. We received um, initial geotech pricing and this was going to be $1.17 million to repair.
0: Let's look at those categories because by the end of March, thousands of property owners will find out where they sit. There are three categories and three subcategories and you can read about them on Auckland Council's website – Alicia is hoping for a Category 2P so that she can hold on to her forever home. But she admits it looks highly unlikely and she'll be a Category 3 buyout.
2: So I'm sort of in that, maybe you call it denial, I don't know, but never say never. Mm. I'm a fight till the end kind of person. Right. And trying to be so incredibly optimistic and hopeful. Um, At the same time, staring down the barrel of a Level 3 category is very very scary for me I happen to just by chance purchase in the height of the market and then the category three buyout is based on January 2023 valuations and we were at a very very much low so and then the Auckland Council and government are taking a five percent contribution which has been quite controversial because they they aren't doing that in Hawke's Bay they're getting they're getting CV and you walk away, whereas here it's January valuations and 5% contribution from the owner. So I'm a little scared that I may end up with a mortgage and no home. It's not a clear-cut black-and-white case, this one. So I'm hoping that doesn't hold up a, a March categorisation for me because, like you say, it's been a long time waiting. Yeah,
0: that's right. But if it turns out you are Category C... Is that compulsory that you, it's a compulsory buyout?
2: (laughs) Someone asked me that yesterday. They said, but the buyout's not compulsory. Um, And I laughed and I said, no, you're right. It's a voluntary buyout. But if I stay in the house, I won't have insurance, which means I won't have a mortgage. There goes any voluntary buyout. It's compulsory. Yeah, it's compulsory. It's compulsory unless... um, you own the land and own the house freehold and don't have a mortgage and don't need ever to own, have insurance, then it's not. Is, just... is there any part of your house that you can't go into? I'm not supposed to go and into either of the two bedrooms because they're joined by a firewall. But where else am I going to go? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be in my bedrooms. Are you, uh, that's, that's it's tricky. tricky. It's a tricky thing. Um, but I'm, a, I'm yellow. I'm yellow placarded and the advice is to not go into the bedrooms. The placard was done by a lovely gentleman, but with no building experience. He was an ex-police officer that had been with the council briefly, and he came in and put a yellow placard on it. Um, I've had independent geotechs come and tell me that I'm safe. I'm not going to slide down this landslide that we're standing in front of here now. The worst that would ever, ever, ever happen is my neighbour will crack off me, and they've said that that's not life-threatening. I'm not fearing for my life until I see a forecast similar to what we had in January last year. No. But we're um, just taking you to have a quick look out the, um, the back of the house where I have a nice view of my slip. So that was um, a horrific sound, just listening to the foundations of the, of the balcony that we're looking at now, just falling down into the bush. So the sound of trees being ripped out and washed away, it's a sound I'll never forget. It caused a few nightmares in the weeks afterwards, just that sound of the the, the ripping and then the whoosh of
0: it just sliding down the landslide. It's, yeah. I, I spoke to Shane Henderson, the, who's a counsellor for, for mm. West Auckland, and he said one of the hardest things he's had to deal with is when people come to him and they share their stories about marriage breakdowns mm. and mental health yeah. issues mm-hmm. In your groups, do you see that kind oh, of thing? Very much so.
2: I it's it's led to a relationship breakdown for me. Um, I, yeah, I had a tough, tough, tough year and became someone that I don't think I truly was. Um, and it affected my parenting. I'm not going to lie. I I became very preoccupied, a bit, um, almost verging on obsessive with the the getting everything sorted quickly. Um, it's having a my neighbour who I own the land with, um, her mental health is really, really struggling and it's heartbreaking seeing her in tears. It really is. And she's the loveliest lady. Mm. Um, And that was her retirement fund that she was going to to sell off and live happily ever after and just watching what it's doing to her um, and just knowing how tough she's doing it financially because she has to meet those mortgage payments all on her own without the help of any rent coming in.
0: Back on Paturoa Road, Shane Henderson can't make any promises about fixing the chunk of road that is disrupting so many lives.
1: My instinct is that a permanent solution could be uh, many years off, potentially.
0: I'm just wondering if we should. I can see people in that house. I don't know how comfortable you are, but I'm thinking I might go and. So one on time. We
1: might just have you answer it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, let's
0: yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Hello, hi. I'm I'm Sharon brett Kelly. I'm with the Detail Podcast, and I'm do. I'm, and this is Shane Henderson, who's a local councillor. Yeah. Um, we're just doing a. I'm doing a follow up podcast since it's the anniversary of the. Terrible slips here and this.
3: Yeah, I'm in a hurry, but I would love to talk about the problems we are having. Mm. Oh, okay. So we have no driveway.
0: No, I can see that. Yeah.
3: And, I can see that. My partner parks his car here, so he's the owner. Yeah, and I park my car there, but beyond the road close sign, it's it's on everyday basis. I carry my bags from there, you know, my yeah. shopping, and I, I stay more than half a week over here. What have you been told? Uh, because I know what's been happening. Mm. So we have been told that there would be some work started, but there's been no date given mm. to that. And can I comment? Um, we're not very really happy with where the way the council is operating sure. because they have spent about a lot of money in repairing the small staircase over here. Mm. Oh, yeah, just yeah. beyond the main yeah. slope. Yeah. yeah, the number of people using that staircase... And the number of people using this mm. is much
0: more. Yeah. You, you sound very frustrated I, to me.
3: No, we are, because we're the only ones who don't have a driveway. And every week, you know, I'm like literally living six days a week over here. I carry my stuff, you know, it's like... Mm. Do you have children here as well? No, no, no. no, no, no. So you don't have to worry about that. And we can't invite guests. No. Because, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, like, where do they park the car? What's it like when you get, When it rains, more than more than just a heavy shower, it's
3: it's an anxiety because, to be honest, when this gabriel happened, my partner was standing over there, and he saw it, you know, slipping out, washed out, and he was quite like, quite traumatized. And I got him home, and you know, like he couldn't believe this happened, and he could not do anything. And look at this.
0: Yeah. And if you if, if you
3: if you see our garden, it's so beautiful. And all this is gone. And look, look, everything. You know, the council talks of, you know, beautifying, but there are trees lying around over here and nothing has been done to get that
0: stuff. Councillor Shane Henderson is right here. Um, What would you... Yeah, Yeah. what's your response, Shane?
1: Yeah, no, look, I I agree with you completely. I'd be really interested in working on uh, your case and I'd like to know when you've last heard from council because it sounds like you've been really... It's November. Right. Yeah.
3: Not yeah. So basically, they were having a meeting over here. You yeah. know, I won't know the exact details. For sure. It's my partner who's spoken to them. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not only it's not only about me. Yeah. Living over here.
1: Yeah.
3: There are so many it's people living on this road. Yeah. I see them walking every day.
1: Yeah.
3: And they have they have, they have put this fence. Yeah. the community got fed up yep. and then they, op- they broke the yeah. fence because, yeah. like, the fence has been there for six months. Yeah. Oh, they broke na- the fence so be- that they be- Because, you see, the fence was closed ah. and it was difficult to walk around with dogs and kids and everything. So mm. the community got upset mm. and they sort of broke the Moved fence them. so that, you know, nothing is happening for the last six to eight months.
1: Yeah. Right, I'll do my best. I'm on the case.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. thank you very much. No <laughs> no thanks, thank you. Sandy. Thank you, thanks thanks for your time. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation that you've just had with Sandy mm. is an example of the kind of thing that people are going through all over the city, not not even just in Tatarangi.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's an Auckland-wide issue. Actually, other parts of the country as well. Right?
0: Yeah, the yeah, other, yeah, that's yeah. right. We, yeah. we must remember that. Yeah. Your year ahead, what do you want to, uh,
1: what, what are your goals? Well we've, I'm staring at a terrifying slip in front of me in Te I think we should try and fix this one up, that'd be a good goal. Um, I would like at the end of the year for people by and large to feel like they've moved on from the storm as best they can. It's going to be traumatic for years and I personally will be thinking about it for years whenever there's heavy rains right, but where you got a Category 3 dangerous situation by the end of the year, money in your bank account, moved on with your family into a safe community, and we're starting to design the community solution so that people that do want to stay in their suburbs can.
0: Does it bring back memories of that dreadful weekend?
1: Just yesterday I was actually at the uh, flooded out bridge that I was manning and that was really traumatizing, really tough.
0: Why? What what sort of memories did it bring back for you? Oh,
1: just telling people they can't go and drive around to their homes and people afraid for their lives and yeah, it was hard. It was really what, hard.
0: Yeah. What's it like now? I mean, I can see that you're yeah. you're quite emotional about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think my emotion about it is actually shared by a lot of West Aucklanders, even those that weren't personally affected through their homes. Yeah. So it's hard when you're, you're in bed and it's two in the morning and all of a sudden it starts hooning down with rain. You know there's a lot of heartbroken people out there. That sucks. That's going to take some time to get through. And there's only so much we can do in terms of a council process. You know, at some point time is going to heal the wounds.
0: That's all for today. I'm Sharon brett Kelly. The detail is supported by RNZ and NZ On Air. This episode was engineered by William Saunders and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Alicia Knowles, Shane Henderson and Sandy from Paturoa Road. Mā te wā.